The Dole Whips are worth it. It is worth the price of admission to get a Dole Whip. Welcome to Revisiting the Vault, a podcast where we are looking at the history of film, animation, fashion, music, history, and pretty much everything else, but through a Disney lens. I am Mary Ratliff. I am a movie nerd, film history nerd, and visual art nerd. And I'm Gretchen Harwell. I'm none of those things. I am a fashion nerd, fashion history nerd. I'm a vet tech. I am a nerd, so there's that. Uh, and I'm a mom. I don't know that being a mom makes me a nerd. Well, being a mom actually is pretty important to the discussion topic today because basically we are doing a bonus episode. What I thought we would do, because I actually, as I've been starting to edit these, I keep taking out all of the stuff where we talk about our memories of the Disney parks. And honestly, it's been a real struggle to keep our runtime down. That's the stuff where I'm like, okay, we're not directly talking about the movie. I kind of, kind of take that back. Yeah. I really thought that it, It would be fun to talk about for a little bit and to just sort of chat about our visits, our memories, what we think about the parks. The thing that sort of made Disney a household name was both the animation and the parks. To kind of start off with me, because it's been, you've been the most recently, I went to Disney World when I was eight and we just did like the main park. And just because it's going to be relevant when I mentioned my second trip, One of the things, I was eight years old, so I was actually too short to ride a bunch of the stuff that I wanted to ride. Mm. I'm still probably on the cusp for some of them. I am not a tall person. (laughs) One of the things I saw when I was there was the Haunted Mansion, and I wanted to ride it. And then my mom was like, are you sure? Because I was a scaredy cat as a kid. I really didn't like, I didn't like horror movies. I didn't like scary things at all. And I thought, oh, it's a scary ride, then I don't want to do a scary ride. And I decided not to. And then we got home. And we got the Disney Channel, and I started watching all of these, like, behind-the-scenes things that Walt had filmed in, like, the 60s about building the parks and behind-the-scenes of the different attractions and things. And they did one for the Haunted Mansion, and I was like, no, that isn't scary. I would have loved that. That would have been amazing. Right. And over the years, I just fell in love with just the idea of the Haunted Mansion, the aesthetics of it and everything. But I had never... I hadn't been back to a Disney park. So then... A few years back, my best friend Cindy and I actually went out to Disneyland to do the Star Wars Mm -hmm. 5K because I had been, I was uh, regularly jogging 5Ks at the time. And I thought, why not blow a bunch of money going to a themed 5K where you get to run through Disneyland? When we were planning what we were going to do and how we were going to tackle the weekend, I told her, you know, I kind of want to ride those classic Disneyland rides, the ones that were there when the park opened. I actually want to do Snow White's Scary Adventures and the Peter Pan's Flight and like the cheesy old ones. Mm -hmm. Cindy was like, I'm game. I'll do whatever you want to do. I'll ride whatever you want to ride with you. It's cool. And I was like, the only thing though, I would like to do Space Mountain, which had already been sort of redesignated as Hyperspace Mountain. I was like, I'd like to do it. But the only thing, my only goal, other than running this 5k and doing a decent time, is to go on Haunted Mansion. Because I didn't know (laughs) when I was eight. This is important to me. Because this is 30 years later. And we get there. And we go into the park and we go up to like one of the big directory boards because I'm like, you know, let's go to Haunted Mansion first. Let's just tackle it. Let's get it out of the way. And there's a little asterisk over Haunted Mansion. And I'm like, wait, what? And there's just a guide standing next to the board talking to a couple other tourists, telling them about how Haunted Mansion closes down for three days it's twice a year to put on and then remove the Nightmare Before Christmas decorations that they do at Christmas. 
Right. It was that weekend that they were taking them down and Haunted Mansion was closed. You know, A, I am sorry. B, that is not unlike, there is one day a year that I know of that Universal Studios closes early Mm -hmm. in Florida and that is for Grad Bash. And it closes just to the regular folks, but all these schools send their kids. Guess what? One day last year we were there and we had to be out of that park by six. So I never actually went to Disney as a kid. My first trip to Disney, I was, if memory serves, 26 years old. Mm. And I went with my husband and his entire family. This is before any of us had children. We had a good time. I mean, I had a great time. It was wonderful. But it was never a thing where I was like, oh, I got to go back there. Right. Again, I didn't have any childhood nostalgia for any of the rides. I didn't have any childhood nostalgia for any of the movies. You know, I loved Animal Kingdom. That was the one thing where I was like, we're going back to that one. When we did go back, I didn't care about any of those things. And half of the rides, we rode through them like it's a small world. Mm. You kind of have to go through that one, A, to get out of the sun here and there. (laughs) And B, you have to go through. And I rode through it as a young adult. And I was looking at how just weird it was. Because if you look up, you see the ceiling tiles. And just you see the works. What on earth is this? This is the most bizarre thing ever. And so I didn't know that we would ever go back. Right. And then I had a child. And so we went back last year for her first time. She was nine. And we brought her best friend. And for anyone considering taking an only child to Disney... If you can, and I recognize that not everybody can, bring their friend because uh, it gets you out of having to wait in every single line and barf on every single ride. So (laughs) there is that. And I will say it was totally different for me. A, the park has changed in the almost 20 years since I had gone. And B, it was bonkers in the best way. It was so (laughs) fun. There was just so much to do going there as a parent now. First of all, my daughter had like all the enthusiasm for all the stuff. Her friend had all the enthusiasm for all the stuff. That part was amazing. And then we appreciated stuff like there is shade at Disney. (laughs) They have manufactured shade. They have trees in places so you can get out of the sun. They have water in places so that you can cool off. And it is a very well thought out park. The attention to detail is incredible. We had such an amazing time. My daughter and her best friend, both of their first roller coaster ever was Expedition Everest, which is very fast and very shaky. That's one to start with. I got off ready to barf. We had an an amazing time. We had so much fun and we're going back this year. We were going to do a different trip this year and then I was like, nope, you know what? We're doing Disney. Wave at Haunted Mansion if you ride it. We did ride it. We did write it. Oh, and actually, I was going to mention Stuff You Missed in History Class, this podcast I talk about all the time, Holly Mm. Fry, huge Disney nerd. They have more than one episode where she goes into some degree of depth about the Haunted Mansion and its history. I will have to try to find those because I knew I used to listen to Fothentic History, which was her, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The history of Haunted Mansion is really interesting. And of course, two years ago, I think it was, they did Muppet Haunted Mansion, the special on Disney+. Plus which Mm -hmm. I'm also a big Muppet nerd. And so that was, at this point, just to make sure everybody understands, I have not been back to Disney, so I still have not ridden Haunted Mansion after this 30-year quest. 
I keep threatening my friends that one of these days I'm just going to say, like, screw it and disappear and just get on a plane. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming back till I've ridden this stupid ride. It's a little bit weird for me sometimes because I'm like, oh, I really want to buy, like, the merch or something like that. But I still haven't ridden the ride. And so it feels like, uh, like, insincere. Like having the band t-shirt when you don't know who the band is or <laughs> Right, right. They've got some stuff on Disney Plus now. They have some of those old ones. The stuff that I used to watch on Disney Channel as a kid. They have some of that on there. But they've got some things like Behind the Attraction, Inside Disney. There's a whole bunch of specials like that that they have on there where they talk to the Imagineers. Those are all great. Oh, and there's the... Is it called The Imagineering Story? There's a series, a short series, where they just interview different Imagineers. Mm -hmm. It's excellent. And that's part of the thing with all the the attention to detail. Like, the parks are great, but they give you those behind-the-scenes peaks because they know that it's going to make you appreciate the parks even more. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not afraid to show you the guts. Now, when you're in the park, they won't. There's some notorious stuff about the things that they do, the rules for cast members and stuff like that to not break the illusion. That's even part of it. They're all called cast members. They're not called employees or staff or whatever. I knew a few people when I was in school who had who would work at Disney in the summertime in like the underground. I do mean that literally and figuratively. (laughs) They said, I don't know if this is still true for the record, but if you're above ground and you're walking and a kid is like, hey, can you draw me a Mickey? They all have to be able to draw you a Mickey. I mean, luckily, most of these people that I knew back then were also artists of some version or another. So for them to just like whip out a Mickey would be easy. It's not like me where he would look like a dachshund. Do the little like Disney Channel ears and that's it, you know? Right. It's very rigorous. Also, my sister played in the Disney Orchestra one Mm -hmm. summer and they all had to wear two undershirts under their white blouse. In Florida. In Florida in the summer so that the crowds wouldn't see you sweat. It's interesting because... As we've done research for this podcast, and even before that, people love to do these articles that are like dark history of Disney, things you didn't know about Mm -hmm. the Disney parks, all of this. And I'm not going to pretend that there's not bad things that happen there. But it's interesting to me that for every time I've seen an article or a quote or somebody talking about how terrible it was for them to work at Disney, I've seen at least one about people who absolutely adored it. And it was one of their favorite jobs of their life. It is... Such a mixed bag. If I could work in Animal Kingdom Park with the animals, we would move to Florida tomorrow. (laughs) End of discussion. I actually haven't been to Animal Kingdom because it didn't exist when I went. Oh, man. Animal Kingdom is my... I mean, I love Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Because there is just so much and it's all so pretty. But Animal Kingdom, I just love because I love all of the animals. And I've watched all the specials about it and... Maybe they're lying in those specials, but it does seem like they have a whole veterinary team. They right. have so many vets who work full-time at Disney. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, I want I want to be that person's technician. I want to <laughs> I want to help pull that hippopotamus tooth. That's what I want in my life. So when I was eight, Epcot was the only other area that like cost extra. And we didn't end up going to that because we went to SeaWorld instead. But when we went in 2015 or 2016 or whenever that was, we decided not to do California Adventure because Cindy really, and I'm dragging my best friend to this because she's just game to do this kind of thing with me. She really wanted to go to Universal. And so we mm-hmm. did, you know, one day at Disney and one day at Universal. And then, of course, they have kind of like the standard studio tour ride where you've got like the Jaws animatronic. I actually, when I was eight, I loved animatronics. I thought they were the shit. 
I was so <laughs> impressed. I thought they were the coolest thing ever. And it's funny because it's, it's actually really old technology by that point because this would have been 88. Right. It's fairly old technology by then. But a lot of that was just being really into like science and things that were like that. The intersection of science and art has always been kind of where I really love to be a nerd. Like I said, I was too young to ride quite a few of the things. And also around this time... When my family and I would go to parks, so there were three kids, you know, two parents, three kids, there's five of us, and my brother would be 14, 15, and he wants to ride all the roller coasters, because 15-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. My mom would have to ride them with him, because I was too short. I was game, Mm -hmm. but I was too short. And then my sister and my dad were both like, no. So my mom would ride a lot of them with him. And I can't remember if she rode Space Mountain with him or not, or if he, like, actually went through that line by himself. I meant to ask her before we recorded, and I totally forgot. But the line for Space Mountain, even then, was legendary. And so Mm -hmm. while we were waiting, we didn't want to stray too far from where he was. And so my sister and I just kind of had to find things to do in Tomorrowland for that entire time. There used to be a thing, and I know it got rebranded, and I don't know if it's even still open at all, but it was called the Wedway People Mover. Oh, yeah. And we rode that like six times in a row because I loved it. (laughs) But part of it went through Space Mountain, so we went through it. We rode the People Mover. We did that partly just because if you're up on that thing, you have a lovely breeze. (laughs) The whole time you (laughs) can, you can look down and see all the stuff and it's wonderful. I am not always a people person and a like general public person. Oh, I'm not. Which makes me sound terrible. I am rarely a people person. (laughs) Yeah. And I have what my sister calls wait rage. If I have to wait on Uh something and I don't know how long it's Uh going to take and I don't know what's going on. I go from zero to 60 very, very, very fast. And it's impressive to me that when I went to Disneyland as an adult and like, I knew all these things about myself by then I'd never got those feelings. The only Mm -hmm. time I got frustrated was when I found out that the one thing that I wanted to do, I couldn't. Right. Yeah. They are very good at occupying your time while you're in those lines. And they've done so many things to, you know, the apps that show you the wait times. You can get the genie plus pass now. And so you can Make a reservation. So it's basically like between, you know, three o'clock and four o'clock. That's when you show up for this ride and you skip the line. They had, you said the fast pass or whatever. And I knew they were replacing it and I didn't know if they had already done it. It's a paid thing. For some parks, it's really not worth it. Right. But for others, it really is. Because you're rarely going to have like a super long line on like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, probably. Right. The other thing is, the way it works is you have to, we're getting kind of in the weeds here, at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock in the morning, I forget which, all of the rides open up. Mm -hmm. And you can't book a second ride until you have checked in for your first ride. Mm. So if the one ride that really matters to you is whatever the um, Star Wars, the newest Star Wars one is at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Rise of Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. And the only time available for that one is 9 p.m. Then you're going on in at 9 p.m. And you don't get to use any Genie Plus passes before that. Hmm. So you're basically paying an extra however much money it is per person to ride that ride, but to be guaranteed a spot in line, assuming it didn't close. You want to, like... Pick the one you want, get the earliest time you can, and then while after you've checked in and while you're in line, you're booking your next one, mm-hmm. which is kind of a pain 
honestly, I get why they do it. They have, I don't know, like 4 trillion people go through that place every year. Right. Obviously, I know I'm exaggerating for the record, but it's, it's so many people. But because while you're in line, you're going through the line and you're like scrolling through your phone being like, okay, guys, do we want to do blah, blah, blah or blah, blah, blah next? Because I can do this one at 320 or I can do this other one at 254. It's a bit much, but whatever. I mean, it's worth it for certain parks like Magic Kingdom for sure worth it. Animal Kingdom, I would say it's worth it. And Hollywood Studios. For me, I didn't love the rides at Epcot for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the girls didn't want to go back this year. So we're just not even going to go to that park. But for my money, I probably wouldn't buy the Genie Plus Pass for that one. One of the things that is neat about the way they do the parks is that they're really willing to change and innovate and try other things Mm -hmm. and to see what's working and what's not working. And, you know, that's one of the things that's neat about watching those behind the scenes things on Disney plus, because they'll talk about updating rides and changing rides. And Mm -hmm. I know we mentioned it in whatever episode we recorded when it happened, but you know, they're shutting down splash mountain right now to turn it into Tiana's Bayou adventure. I think is maybe the name of it. And they're theming it for princess and the frog, which is actually in my opinion, a very welcome change because they are taking out the uh, theming yeah. that is based on an extraordinarily racist movie. Yeah. When they started talking about they were shutting down Splash Mountain, people really like had a fit. When they do these things, a lot of the times they keep the guts. The actual thing that Splash Mountain does, the tracks it goes on or whatever, it's just going to have a different skin on it. And I think they're changing a few things. I'd be okay with them improving that ride. I'm not mad about right. fixing that ride up. Even, like, yes, take the racist layers off of it for sure. And make that ride a little bit longer. Because that ride is not the best one. I will be honest. <laughs> I <laughs> like, don't even remember it. I mean, it's fun. but it's I know I wrote it. pretty short. It's pretty short. Yeah. Thinking about the ones that made an impact on me in 88... Pirates of the Caribbean, huge impact. And I didn't really know anything about it going in. Mm -hmm. But Pirates of the Caribbean, and I don't remember, I'm pretty sure it does the same in Disneyland because we did ride it there. Um, After I found out that Haunted Mansion was closed, I was like, well, Pirates is right here. I guess we'll just go do Pirates. It got me back into the mode of what I was there to do. It starts off with a drop. And... Mm -hmm. You know, when you're eight, that drop is epic. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I was eight, animatronics were like, I thought they were the coolest thing ever. I was going to say, that one is full of them. Yeah. It's got a lot of like really sticky songs in it. I don't know how many of those the Sherman Brothers wrote, but the Sherman Brothers wrote a lot of the music in the original park. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they wrote It's a Small World. I don't know how many of the pirate songs they may have written. Now, when I went on it in Disneyland, they had done some of the updates to add the stuff from the movie franchise. Right. And, you know, I don't know how I feel about the fact that one of the Tower of Terrors has been turned into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I don't remember which one is still Twilight Zone. I think it's the one in Florida is still Twilight Zone. Yes, it is. That's where I need to go next because I really want to ride it while it's still Twilight Zone. We wanted to do that one, Tower of Terror, and uh, Ingrid did not. Well, her friend really wanted to and he was like no can you see that no well and that's the one where i'm either going to have to bribe cindy have some kind of favor that i'm calling in or do it myself because drop rides are the only thing she hates yeah and it's interesting as you get older because i when i was eight there were a few things where i was like oh i don't know because i was a little bit of a cautious kid and that's how i ended up not riding haunted mansion but as an adult you have so many more things where you're just like no i know i won't enjoy that Oh, yeah, no, you. I'm going to barf on that one. Thank you. Mm-mm. I like rides, but if it's going to jostle me up just right, and if I don't have, I need food in my stomach, or it's it's the end of that, I'm just 
a little too old for some of these. And it's funny because like the teacups don't get me at all. I love the teacups. Yeah. It's so odd to like how individual it is to figure out which rides are going to do what. Because a lot of times for me, it is the shakiness. It is like, you know, the wooden roller coasters or the older roller coasters where they haven't figured out how to like smooth out the ride. Mm-hmm. Just because you made a vague mention of food <laughs> in response to being nauseous. The other thing that Disney's known for is the food. Mm-hmm. I think that that's worth mentioning because I don't have particularly strong memories of any of the food and so many other people do. When we went last time, so when we went, Batu had not opened. Galaxy's Edge was not open, but they were working on it. So they had done some of the stuff in Tomorrowland. They had done up as Star Wars-y stuff. So we did Star Tours while we were there and that was fun. And ended up doing Hyperspace Mountain because it was something that I was like, listen, I kind of wanted to do it when I was eight, so I'm going to face my fears and do it now. And especially because now it's a Star Wars thing, we ended up not having to wait in line. And I am going to put together a Patreon extra of how I ended up not having to wait in line for that. But I probably won't go on that again. It was just enough of not my speed. The main thing I remember of the food was we got some Star Wars themed lunch Mm -hmm. and it was good, overpriced, but good. And then I definitely made an effort to get Mickey churros because I love churros. Those are one of my favorite things in the world. They're like one of the best foods ever invented. And they were not hot. And churros kind of really need to be hot. Now, this was, I should point out, a pouring rain day in January. So Right. That might have something to do with it. That probably made it difficult to keep the churros really hot. (laughs) Right. When we were there... We had reservations for every single day except one meal, basically. And that one meal was the worst one we had. I have to say I enjoyed. And also, I want to say, like, these trips that we keep taking were gifted to us. And so I have a budget and I'm going to use it. Right. And this year, our trip includes some money for some of our meals. We get to eat where we want. I don't worry about it. We just embrace the fact that this is going to be a very expensive one week in our lives. And that's it. The Dole Whips are worth it. It is worth the price of admission (laughs) to get a Dole Whip. They are amazing. The Mickey Pretzels, it's a pretzel. It's good. I would not schlep all the way across a park just to get that. It does happen to be out in front of a ride or two. And so, yes, go for it. But the restaurants we went to last year, except for one... We had a wonderful time. We had great food. Loved it all, honestly. Yeah, I've heard some people say that they don't like the experience now, that the experience is a lot more like hyper-planned now and not they don't like it as much because it doesn't feel spontaneous. And I can understand that idea, but also there's just too many people and I hate waiting in lines, so I can't get that mad about it. I actually like that because for me... If I know where we're having lunch, I don't need to worry about where I'm going to get lunch. I just have to worry about like, okay, we can do these four things. And then I show up at the restaurant at two. Done. Yeah, I'm a planner. Cindy and I describe our vacation style. So this is the thing. When you're vacationing with other adults, you should try to match your vacation styles. Mm-hmm. If you're a planner, you need to vacation with planners. If you're a in nano terms, a pantser, which is fly by the seat of your pants, you should vacation with other pantsers. Cindy and I are loose planners. I am a strict planner. We tend to be like, well... We'll kind of do this, but we know something's going to go wrong. So here's like kind of a backup plan. So that way we can sort of go with what the day throws at us without getting too freaked out, but also not just be like, I don't know what we're doing. Right. Nowadays, if you don't plan it like that, 
you're going to wait a long time to get a table. We didn't even think about, because we were on such a strict budget when we went, because the, the races were very expensive. And, you know, we flew to California for it. Right. We didn't even think about the food until we were on Pirates of the Caribbean. And part of the queue for Pirates of the Caribbean goes past a restaurant. I don't even remember which restaurant now. We were both super hungry. And we thought, you know, could we just eat there? We kind of wanted to sit down and have food brought to us. But we looked and they were like, you didn't make your reservations three months ago. You're not going to get to eat there. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, that's what it is. If you make your reservations, you're good to go. And that's, for me, honestly, it's worth it. A, I'm that kind of person. But B, it's worth it because, like I said, you can be like, okay, we don't, I have a ride reservation for 10 o'clock. We can fiddle fart around. Until then, we take our ride. We can do another couple of things. And then at 1230 is lunch. And we're good. Yep. Let's have one last question to wrap up. Since I know you are, are not a Star Wars nerd like I am, but would you do the Galactic Star Cruiser where it's like a live action role playing weekend in Star Wars? No. <laughs> I wouldn't know who any of the characters are. I have seen the original three movies and Phantom Menace. I haven't seen anything else. I know Grogu's name. Right. It's not Baby Yoda. But no, I have no interest whatsoever. It would not only not be fun for me, it would not be fun for anybody with me or anybody right. nearby. That's the biggest issue is that it just would not be fun. Yeah, my thing is, because I've seen people complaining about the price, and when I look at what's included and the fact that it is a Disney park and sort of how it works, I think the price is extravagant but budgetable. Uh -huh. If that's the kind of thing you love, that price is something that is worth saving for. I don't think that they're, like, gouging. But I don't know. I would have to be with very specific people for you to get me to LARP. Right. Because I lost that acting gene a long, long time ago. I've got too much of that, like, secondhand embarrassment thing. I just don't know that I could get into it the way that you're supposed to get into it. I would also be constantly irritated at people messing up. <laughs> I would ruin the fun for everybody. And I would not yeah. have a good time myself. Basically, I'm doing the world a favor by never signing up for something like that. <laughs> I'm not even sure, because Cindy and I talked about it at one point, that the two of us would probably feed off each other's embarrassment almost a little too much because we both are like mm -hmm. that. So I don't even know that Cindy, who is constantly my partner in crime for these kinds of things, I don't think that she would be the person that could get me out of my shell for this. I almost right. wonder if the only way it would ever work is if I went by myself. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never going to see any of these people again. They have no idea who I am. I can do whatever I want. I can be as weird as I want. I don't know if that might be the only way to get me to do it. But then at the same time, like, man, the theming on that place, it's Disney. It's spot on. Like, it is so good. And you know, the people behind the scenes producing the whole thing mm -hmm. would be amazing. These are people who like, this is their dream job. The thing is, like, if there were like the Animal Kingdom equivalent to that, where I could pay to spend a weekend working behind the scenes at Animal Kingdom, yes, I would do it. But <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. And there's no movie that I feel so passionately about. There's no franchise that I feel so passionately about that right. I could. Nope. I mean, that's not true. I love the Harry Potter movies, but I still would not go immerse myself as like a pretend Hogwarts student. That's just not yeah. my style. I have way too much first and second hand embarrassment for that. Right. I am desperate to get down and do 
Galaxy's Edge, though. I really, really want to do Galaxy's Edge. It's cool. And if nothing else, get on the Millennium Falcon. Yes. So everyone but me did that, and they had a wonderful mm-hmm. time. I think it's awesome that you're getting to go back again this year. You'll have yeah. to fill me in on all the food stuff, because I watched that, um, I think I sent it to you, the Chef Reactions video, where he talked about all the food. at like There was an Epcot food festival he went to. Yeah. And... I was just like, now I feel like I missed something by not eating that much while I was there. Well, I mean, that's the thing is you got to be there for days on days and walking for hours on hours and be hungry, you know, and then you go to a place and you're like, what? It's fried onion and alligator. Oh, okay. It's delicious. Right. You have to be so hungry. You want anything they serve you. For the record, I would never eat fried onion and alligator. I made that up. I feel like there are aspects to it that I would love to go back and and try and experience as an adult that had time to plan it because again both times that i've gone it's been one day each that we spent mm-hmm. in the i'm telling you when cindy's daughter is old enough to go and appreciate it go with them because yeah. being there with a kid is honestly more fun than being there on your own you're a little bit tied down but enthusiasm is contagious and when a kid right sees a thing they want to do you're like i guess we're doing that thing and, and it ends up being fun. It's on the list. All right. So we're going to wrap up this special episode. When we come back next time, we're going to be talking about Cinderella. And honestly, I think you all should look forward to it. You should go watch Cinderella again before that episode comes out. Just because you should watch Cinderella again. Like, let's just go ahead yeah. and spoil our conclusion. We think you should watch Cinderella. You should definitely watch Cinderella. So we'll see you in, in two weeks with that. That's right. Revisiting the Vault is a nine-hour films production and is edited by Mary Ratliff. Our music is by Music Motion and Lynn Publishing. We are not affiliated with or authorized by the Walt Disney Company. You can find us on Twitter at RevisitTheVault, and you can find our website at RevisitingTheVault.com. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. Patrons can get personalized thank you cards, stickers, and access to deleted scenes and outtakes. You can find that over at Patreon.com slash 9HourFilms. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is to tell other people about the show and make sure that you leave a review in whatever app you're using to listen. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.